0: Welcome to a new episode of New Works in Intellectual History. My name is Alexandre Martins Costa, and I'm a PhD student at the Federal University of Santa Catarina. I'm here today with researcher and theory of history professor Dr. Flávia Varela from Federal University of Santa Catarina, and today we're talking about her book, Um Brasil Medieval, Raça, Clima e Etapas Civilizacionais na História do Brasil, de Robert Southey, which we could translate to A Medieval Brazil, Race, Climate and Civilizational Stages in Robert Southey's History of Brazil, published by Fino Traço Press, a book that originated from the author's PhD thesis, albeit in a largely refined version, and provides a brilliant analysis of Robert Southey's famous work, History of Brazil, which is one of the most important works on Brazilian history within the English bibliography from the 19th century. Welcome, Professor Flávia. It is a pleasure to have you here.
1: Hello, Alexandre. Hello everyone! It's a pleasure to be here to chat a little bit about Brazilian and British historiography.
0: Great! So, before we get into the questions about the book itself, could you tell us a little about your motivations for approaching this topic at the time you were working on the project of your PhD thesis?
1: Sure! It's a story that has its roots in a time before my PhD. The poet Robert Salta is a well-studied author, and after all, he was a poet laureate and member of the Lake Poets. I mean, he's not an unknown author. But the historian Robert Southey didn't have a very extensive critical reception. He wrote three history books the history of the Peninsula War, the history of Brazil, and the history of Portugal. And the, the later, the history of Portugal remains in manuscript. And of these three books, only the history of Brazil was studied before the twenty first century. And the first and the only study uh, about the history of Brazil took place in the nineteen seventy and was conducted by Maria Dila de de Dias, a Brazilian historian that developed her career at the University of Sao Paulo. And uh, now she is a retired professor. You know. At the time, the only way to have access to documents deposited in archives was in a in-person research visit. And that uh, is what she did. (laughs) She was traveling to Great Britain, um, I guess, in 1963, and researched in many British archives, reading and taking notes of. um, Salty letters, periodical writing, and unpublishing papers. In 1974, she has published a book with the suggestive title The White Man's Burger, that through the analysis of salty work aiming to carry out a study of the ideological values of the free trade empire. Her book quickly became a guide and still is important to reference on Saturday's studies, at least in Brazil.
0: Uh,
1: I mean, anyways, over the past 50 years, uh, important questions have been raised about uh, the relation, continuities and differences between British Romanticism and Enlightenment. I mean, for many years, uh, alignment was studied as the age of reason, while romanticism uh, should focus on human emotion. Also, the development I can say the development of history of historiography and intellectual history's approach have showed new light on the analysis of history writing. So I can say to you that her study, uh, Odila's study was an important starting point for developing my research, but I explored the history of Brazil with a different perspective from ours. My objective, my main objective, was to analyze Softie's work having as theoretical background the history of political thought, as proposed by John Paul. This methodological difference between um, me and her (laughs) made my conclusions very different from what she had stated both in her master thesis um, that was about uh, Southey and Walter Scott and in her doctoral dissertation.
0: Okay, moving on to the book, could you make a brief summary of the structure of the book and the main arguments supported by it?
1: Yes, of course. As I told you, Odilo's work has become widely read. And as a result, there was a diffusion of the interpretation that Southay's main objective in the history of Brazil was to enliven the Brazilian past. So, in the book first chapter, I propose a new frame for understanding Southay historiography that drops out this traditional view of rich Romanticism. Um, you know, in, in recent years, many great books have become available online. And these include Southey's books and also his uh, publishing letters. Um, in addition, in 29, I guess, the collected letters of Robert Southey was launched with Professors Linda Pratt. Tim Fulford and Ian Parker has its general editors. As you can imagine Alexandre, make available all the letters written by Southend is a huge undertaking, not just because there are many letters, but also because he was a very verbose writer, even in his letters. With that, this project remains ongoing, and I, I hope it will one day be completed. Because it is a, a, a really, really valuable resource for south day scholars. Anyway, I would like to say that this project was crucial for me. Because I could read all South-A letters transcribing and annotated, which saved me a lot of time. Reading the history of Brazil, I couldn't find a romantic south like the one pictured by Rodinho. And in, in summary, I argue in, in the book's first chapter that when Southay was writing the history of Brazil he was more permitted to collecting the Brazilian past than reliving it. After this reframing, I focus on my main argument about the historiographical languages within Southay's book. The first one I have analyzed is the one close to stadial theory very popular in the Age of Enlightenment, that helped Salte to build a philosophy of progress for Brazilian history. I mean, he points out that the Portuguese colonization was barbarians, largely because of his Catholic faith, and the American indigenous people were salvages. Salve has made several adjustments to the classical state theory, but it remains an important background to his book. And uh, the, the second historiographical language I have investigated in the book, it's very in depth to colonial medical literature. Colonial writers, especially learners, uh, have suggested that the Brazilian people developed through a mixture of three races that will be in the book. Portuguese, people of color, and indigenous. Southlake argued that the mixture between the native indigenous and the Portuguese colonizer created the best adapted race to the Brazilian climate. Like other writers, he calls this race Mameluco and claims that it flourished in the province of Sao Paulo, in the favor frigor- of the Bandeirantes. Basically, slavers, explorers, adventurers, and fortune hunters, and colonialism. Celtic, I, I mean, I, I can say to you that Celtic was an enthusiast of racial intermixture. And so it has a, a natural process that had taken place in Europe for a long time, but only in the last few centuries had it begun in the New World. So I think these are the main points of the book.
0: And as you say in the book's presentation, this is a significantly modified version of the PhD thesis defended in 2015. What would you say were the main modifications of the book in relation to the original work and what, what led you to carry them out?
1: When I was writing my PhD dissertation, I was too much concerned about rebuilding my Diola da Silva study. After all, my research came about to highlight inconsistencies of her analysis. And it took me a few years to realize that I should focus on my proposal for reading South History of Brazil and keep myself a little on the sidelines of the problems I have found in documentation used by Odila. In fact my main contribution to intellectual history was to reframe the history of Brazil through an attentive analysis of East continuities and ruptures, made in relation to the theoretical vocabulary available for the interpretation of the history of the new world. This perspective makes me better understand what the book's main exit should be. So when I was able to publish uh, dissertation, I catch the opportunity to cut down, rewrite and improve several passages that I, I no longer consider adequate. Now, I think that the book has a much better development argument throughout its four chapters than the doctoral thesis had. On the, on the other hand, after finishing my PhD. Had the opportunity to refine some arguments through dialogue with scholars. And uh, these chains were also incorporated into the book. If I had had a little bit more time before the book's publication, I would have made some improvements With in, in chapter two, especially. This is the book's chapter that I had less opportunity to research more about after my, after my doctoral defense. However, the book certainly is a stronger piece than the PhD dissertation.
0: Okay. Now, looking back at the pre-existing works in Brazilian historiography about the work of Robert Southey, what would you say were your main contributions to the interpretation of the English thinker in Brazil?
1: It's a very good question. Perhaps my main contribution has been to take more seriously the importance of keeping in mind what Satay was doing when he was writing The of Preserve. In my point of view, the excessive focus on a traditional understanding of romanticism as a period of constation, of enlightenment, ended up hiding some important points in Southeast book. This is particularly true in the way Southey handles with uh, William Robertson's legacy. Robertson wrote a very famous book called uh, History of America. In this book, he didn't address Brazilian history, but made an important generalization about the American continent. Southey was quite critical, not only of Robertson's research methodology, but also of much of his claims about indigenous people. However, uh, none of this prevents him from continuing the Scotch tradition of the fourth stage theory. Of course, there were some changes made by him, especially those related to the complexity of the Brazilian savage society. The four stage theory, as you know, in its classical terms, argued that the broader a society was the less complexity would be found in it. This interpretation led Robertson, for example, to say that he will not describe every savage custom because they were almost the same. However, Sophie did not agree with it. He appropriates the theory of progress based on a of approach of the mode of production, makes some adjustments to better suit his interpretation. To see, Salte did not agree with Hobersonville, as the laureate did not see savagery as a kind of tabula-hazard. And thanks to this insight, Saute wrote lengthy descriptions of Native Americans, in which he explains the customs and social organization of each tribe. And there was more than 100 tribes. And because of it, many 19th century readers found Southey's writing boring.
0: Yes, I can imagine that. Uh, so, in addition to the book series by Robert Southey, of course, another essential source for your research was the Collected Letters of Robert Southey, uh, which is the collections of Southey's correspondence that was published under the organization of Linda Pratt, Tim Fulford and Jan packer So the question is, in what way do you understand that these correspondences were important for the construction of your research?
1: In fact, the idea to study American History of Brazil started when I have read many of these letters at the beginning of my master's. My master's project was too bold. I thought I could study two Brazilian histories, written by English authors in the first decades of 19th century. There were South Day's History of Brazil, published between 1810 and 1890, and John Armitage's History of Brazil, published in 1836, as a continuation of South Day's work. But despite this dialogue between the two works, these two historians and these two histories <laughs> do not have much in common. I mean, and anyway, it, it was reading Southie letters, many of them in the collector letters of Robert Southey, that I realized that I would have more work to do in my research than I had previously thought. This was because some letters quoted by Maria Gila da Silva Dias have suffered important interpolations, that made me think that I should dedicate more time to reflect on them. Has you know, Alexandre? In Brazil, we only have two years to finish a master thesis and I thought I wouldn't be able to do a proper study of Salty while investigating John Armitage History of Brazil. It is because if, if Salty has had some critical reception as historian, however small, nothing has been writing about Armitage work as well as about his life. So it was um, too much for a beginning research.
0: Okay, so moving on to the last question. Having followed your work, I know that you are a researcher of many interests, among which I could include ancient history, modern history, theory of history, and gender studies. How do you see this book's place in the broader trajectory of your career as a researcher?
1: Thank you, Alexandre, for the opportunity to clarify it. Since my undergraduate date, I have developed a keen interest in the in, in theories of history and what were the theories of history behind the writing of history books. And on the other hand, I also maintain a deep interest in the ancient world. In fact, I decided to go to the Faculty of History because I, I thought I would become a classicist. I'm so fascinated by the ancient world, perhaps because of its alterity with your current time, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> at that time I was also fascinated by British culture, and as you know, there is a strong connection between 18th and 19th century historians with antiquity. I don't remember exactly with path I took, but the fact is that the first national history I have read and a professional approach was David Hume's History of England. I think I combined this broader interest when I began to see the British authors who deal with Brazilian history. The fields of history of historiography and intellectual history, at least in Brazil, always have been developed through studies focus on books written by men. Unfortunately, when I was a PhD candidate, I was not aware of it, but nowadays I can openly say to you that gender studies would have taken me elsewhere. However, I'm I'm happy to see it and because of it, I've turned my gaze to national history writing for the young which is the gen of history writing that many women participated, historians, in 19th century. So, uh, maybe the release of this book can be considered a turning point in my career for gender studies. But not because the book itself deals with gender studies, but because with its publication, I introduced um, an endpoint point to my trajectory of studying only main historians.:
0: Well, these were all the questions for today. I would like to thank you a lot for your willingness to talk to us about your book and I wish you success in your future projects. Thank you very much.:
1: Thank you for the invitation.